The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. For the Canadians that don't know, and I think people should, U.S. Thanksgiving is Thursday. And the rule of thumb, Darren, is U.S. Thanksgiving is like the cutoff line where you know what you have or you don't have. Vegas and the Islanders. We talked about the Islanders yesterday and Vegas. Are they, is this who these teams are? We don't want to accept that because it's so early, but it's U.S. Thanksgiving. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hello, Canada and Canadian sports fans around the world. Welcome to the RP Show. One half of the show coming to you from this location, the Great Western Brewery in Saskatoon, where they brew Great Western Original 16 beer. And for another day, yours truly down here in South Florida, where it is game day in south florida we're going to be talking about that it is episode number 618 of canada's daytime sports talk show and uh, away we go coming up on the program today longtime toronto blue jays broadcaster now columnist mike wilner gonna join us to talk about canada's blue team and one of our favorite all-time human beings roaming the planet clark gillies four-time stanley cup champion memorial cup champion former new york islander and Regina Pat Clark Gillies will join us in advance of the huge Rangers Islanders game tonight. And uh, we welcome in from the Great Western Brewery in Saskatoon, where Great Western provides coverage of our Tim Hortons Olympic Curling Trials, Darren Moose DuPont, along with Core Grain. As you see, I'm wearing my Core Grain golf shirt. I was told to pack it by Morgan, doing the right thing for your farm. Moose, before we get into the quick six and all the rest, how's your day going so far? It's off to a great start. Yeah, great start. Got a little bit of the curling in this morning. And uh, no, it's, it's awesome. Uh, Saskatoon's a great spot to be here uh, this week. Oh, yeah. And I've been following uh, the morning draw, by the way, the Tim Hortons curling trials all morning long on TSN, which is part of my quick six. But if you can hit the horn, please, Jordan, let's get down to business. Please. By the way, my IFB, as you TV people, call it, has officially calved. So I've hot-wired something, rejig something here for earpiece um, 911 today, and then I'll go get a better one later on today. So if, oh, I keep, if, if no. I'm fidgeting more than normal, you'll know why. Okay, number one, NHL from Tuesday. I, I expect today's program is going to get very spicy in that regard. Yesterday, we did spend a lot of time on the CFL, and that's cool. Today will be a lot of time on the NHL. Matthew Kachuk's goal late in the third period broke a 2-2 tie as the Calgary Flames remain red hot. 
Tuesday with a 5-2 victory over the Chicago Blackhawks in the Saddle Dome. The game winner came on a fortuitous bounce at the 14-25 mark as Kachuk's centering pass went off the skate of Chicago defenseman Seth Jones and over the shoulder of goalie Marc-Andre Fleury. Dylan Dubé, Milan Lucic, and a pair of empty netters from Trevor Lewis and Johnny Gaudreau rounded up the scoring for the Flames, who are now 12-3-5. Jacob Markstrom had 19 saves as the Flames extended their win streak to four, and they are now number one. They are now number one in the NHL's Western Conference. Looking southward, Red Hot Rupe Hints scored the first of two Dallas power play goals in the first period, and the Stars handed the Edmonton Oilers just their fifth loss of the season, 4-1 Tuesday night. Hintz has scored all six of his goals this season in the last six games, and this was his first on the power play. On Saturday, he had become the first Dallas star to score two shorties in the same game. Rupe Hintz, learn the name, Darren, I just did this morning. It's not Rupe, it's Rupe. You're going to want to know. And he added a helper uh, last night, giving him nine points in the past six games. And... Uh, Jason Robertson, Dennis Gurionov, and Luke Lendinning also scored for Dallas, who have won four or five. Edmonton had a season-low 21 shots on goal. And before we delve more deeply into the BOA, I just want to talk about the game that I watched last night, and it is this. Andre Vasilevsky made 34 saves. Zach Bogosian and Corey Perry both ended lengthy goal droughts. And the Tampa Bay Lightning beat the Philadelphia Flyers 4-0 Tuesday night. Stammer had a goal and two helpers for the Lightning who now have points in 11 of their last 12, and Tampa stands at 9, 1, and 2. I wanted, Of all the things that came out of that game there was this, Darren. You'll get a kick out of this. Zach Bogosian, they're making a huge deal, particularly our buddy Dave Randorf, the voice of the Lightning on television, that Zach Bogosian's cooking supper for the entire Tampa Bay team, either today or tomorrow for U.S. Thanksgiving. That never used to be a big deal at all. And I'll never forget with the Regina Pats, our head coach, Bobby Lowe's, who's now a scout for the Vegas Golden Knights. His wife, Shelly, had the entire Regina Pats team over to their house in Brandon. And I think it was Canadian Thanksgiving then. And you can appreciate this as an old WHL fan that you are. Bobby Lowe's and I were bitter, sworn, bitter enemies. And his wife, Shelly, said to me, not even to me, she just said rhetorically in the kitchen, she goes, I never thought in a million years Rod Peterson would be in our kitchen. How about that? <laughs> so is it a big deal that Zach Pagosian is cooking for the entire team? And my, my guess, he might just wave a wand and bring in a, a uh, catering company. I don't know. But to, to me, they're making a really big deal of it down here. Is it that big of a deal? I just feel like back in the day, it used to be happen all the time. I know. Maybe it just doesn't happen anymore. Maybe it's because of a post-COVID thing. I don't know. Um, but either way, um, it's cool. I think it's a good good news, feel-good kind of story to tell you what this group's like and that kind of stuff. And I got time for all of that. So. so do I. And I'm not saying it's not cool to quote Chris Jones. Don't get it twisted. Just saying this used to not be a thing. And now it's a thing. Yeah. Shoot. Brandon Bridges' mom cooked chicken and ribs for the entire Rough Rider team on the road in Hamilton. She, I was there. You know those gigantic Tupperware tubs, Darren, that you you cart things in when you're moving? She had that filled with chicken and ribs on the road. I was say, the guys were getting on the bus. How expensive. Yeah. 
I oh, no. make it. I know, right? And I will never forget this. We're just gorging ourselves on chicken and ribs on the bus coming out of Hamilton, going to Toronto to get on the plane. And Deron Carter, my good friend, D.C., he's carrying like a football under his arm, this Tupperware container of ribs. And he's eating him. You can just imagine D.C. as he's walking into the airport. And my good friend, Mike Davis, says there's no way, Deron, that you're going to get those ribs past airport security and onto the plane. And Deron goes, just watch me. And we separated. You know, you go down your separate ways. You go through the uh, security. And there's Deron and, uh, and row five on the plane eating his ribs. <laughs> he did it. He sweet-talked the security to get his ribs on. So there's my Deron Carter mums cooking for the entire team story. The end. Moving on to point two. Moving on to point two. Top five, bottom five in the National Hockey League. Are we ready to go? Uh, I don't know if the guys want to put the graphic up or not. I know Nelson Vo, our content creator, asked me for these this morning. Here we go. I, I don't. I can't imagine that anybody's going to argue with these. The number one team in the National Hockey League are the Carolina Hurricanes. I think it's just three regulation losses for the Hurricanes. They continue to mulch the opposition in what I think is one of the toughest divisions of the National Hockey League. Not the toughest, but the Carolina Hurricanes are the number one team. Number two, there will be some conjecture over this and consternation, and I get it, but it is the Florida Panthers who are doing historical things. And tonight, when they welcome the Philadelphia Flyers looking to make history with uh, the longest home winning streak to start the uh, season in terms of points. Uh, the number three team in the National Hockey League, are you ready? The Calgary Flames, number one in the Western Conference. They came out of nowhere. Spicy. One reason and one reason only. One reason and one reason only. His name is the Jolly Rancher. Who, let's just call it right now, he's the coach of the year for Jack Adams. The number four team in the National Hockey League is the Washington Capitals because they are the first place team in the Metropolitan Division, which is the toughest division in the NHL. That's why Washington is the number four team. And number five, the Tampa Bay Lightning, which I just mentioned. They're on a roll. Points in 11 of 12. Two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. They have righted the ship. Sorry, Edmonton fans. They've slipped out of the top five. You got some splaining to do. Let's go to the bottom five. And we'll do this in reverse order. The 28th team in the National Hockey League, the Montreal Canadiens. They need Carey Price back fierce. They have the second worst plus minus in the entire NHL at minus 26. It gets cold in Montreal. That is very cold. Number 29, the Ottawa Senators. And while they've got a lot less points because they've had game scratched because of COVID, they're still not very good. And they're dead last in the Atlantic Division, which isn't the best division to begin with. Number 30, the Vancouver Canucks. What are they waiting for? Why does Jim Benning still have a job? Can somebody tell me why? Second worst team in the NHL. Sorry, the Seattle Kraken. And as our friend Sheldon in Calgary pointed out to me yesterday, well, Kraken are sea-dwelling basement floor creatures. It's where they belong. And uh, the 32nd team, the worst team in the NHL, continues to be the Arizona Coyotes. And they are an NHL worst minus 35 and plus minus differential. And it's sad to see. Coyote, you're either going forwards or going backwards in this world, Darren. And the Coyotes are going backwards. And I see no hope for them. So there's our NHL top five, bottom five. Before we move on to our next point, which is the curling coverage, your take on uh, on that. I see your leaves aren't uh, in either list. Your take on mine? Yeah. Well, they're they're second. I thought they were second in the East and or in the division behind Florida, eight and two in their last ten. Maybe they're getting close to that top five list. But uh, no, it's 
It's nah. a good list. Tampa's kind of righted their ship a little bit, and and uh, Florida trying to get things uh, rolling, uh, keep things rolling at home. So, no, I like the list. The list is pretty good. There's, thank you. There are some good teams in the National Hockey League. Uh, by the way, the warm-up is brought to you by E-Cold Electric. Come see our sales staff and in-house specialists for all your electrical needs. On we go to point three, which is curling. And uh, that includes our live on location broadcast at the Great Western Brewery in Saskatoon for Curling Canada's Olympic Trials. Also presented by Core Grain, doing the right thing for your farm. Carrie Anerson handed Jennifer Jones her first loss at Canada's Olympic Curling Trials in dramatic fashion last night. Anerson blew an early six-point lead. And Jones stole a single to go up in the ninth before Anderson tie, uh, iced it with a pair in the 10th end to take a 10-9 decision. In other women's action, Tracy Fleury kept her unbeaten streak alive with an 8-3 win over Rachel Holman. Kelsey Rock edged Casey Scheidegger a 6-5, and Krista McCarville defeated Jacqueline Harrison 6-4. Another win for Brad Gushu. That was the big game you talked about yesterday afternoon. He moved into sole possession of first with a 7-6 win over Brad Jacobs. I'm not going to go through the rest of the draw from yesterday afternoon because they're already on the ice this morning. Like I said, you got to pay attention. They're flying. I've been watching it all morning. And my number one question for you, Moose, is are they piping crowd noise into Sastel Center this morning? Because <sighs> sounded very loud there. I have no idea what they're cheering for because Team Dunstone continues to lose. Give me the scene in, from Saskatoon. I'll tell you this, the curling fans here are extremely knowledgeable. And, and the other thing they're really good at, Rod, is multitasking. Like watching four games, oh, once, yeah. they seem to, as a collective, know when all the big shots are happening. So you might be watching Dunstone over here. You might be locked into the Gushu game or whatever. And now they're playing each other today, right now. But no matter what, when there's a big shot, the crowd erupts and they got their little cowbells going and they got their little clappers, slapper things. And... It's pretty great. So anytime there's a big shot, um, the crowd goes crazy. So, no, it's not piped in. It's real. They're getting eight to 10,000 people in there for these draws. It, it's, it's, it's an awesome atmosphere. And, uh, no, they're playing well. It's been, been really fun to watch. Interesting point of today's coverage. Um, was it Cheryl Bernard, I believe, was on the morning draw this morning with Brian Mudrick. And she brought up the fact that as Canadian kids, we grow up, Either hockey or curling. Curling or hockey. That's what we gravitate towards as Canadian kids. And I thought, well, in my case, yeah, she's right. The sports that I grew up playing in my small town were hockey, baseball, curling, badminton. We played whatever was available. Football was not available to us. In your town, it was in uh, Winyard, the chicken capital. Football was available, right? That's why you grew up playing it, but I did not. Uh, it would be a good, interesting poll question, and that is, what are Canada's top two sports? Because there's a lot of football fans. I'm not just going to say CFL, just football fans in general that would take umbrage with Cheryl Bernard's, if it was Cheryl Bernard, whoever the female color commentator was today, saying that growing up in Canada, it's hockey and curling. Your take on that? Yeah, I think, you know, Cheryl's defense on this, I kind of had the same feeling, but it was more about, it was just a winter discussion. So it was, you know what? I wish I had curled more, and I really wish I had curled more. I thought I was okay at it. I liked it. I love the strategy. I love looking at it. So I could. I like being the skip and, and talking about well, you know where are we going to go and what's the strategy and stuff. But I couldn't curl because I was playing hockey. So you kind of have to choose hockey or football. That yeah. was always the choice. I didn't have to choose hockey over or, or it was hockey curling. I had to choose between. I didn't have to choose hockey or football or hockey or baseball. I could do them both. So I think that's more of the discussion. It's hockey or curling. You could never find a way to do both or do both well. There's uh, 
Some of our coverage on curling, we'll get to more. By the way, on the way today, Clark Gillies and Mike Wilner. But our poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is a spicy one, and that might be a theme throughout the rest of the day today, and it is which is the better NHL team in Alberta, the Calgary Flames or the Edmonton Oilers? Now, the last I looked on Twitter, it was 60% Edmonton Oilers. I'm not sure what the YouTube vote is, but again, which is Alberta's best NHL team? The Flames or the Oilers? As we sit here today, the Flames are number one in the Western Conference. And uh, I almost feel like we should come back on the other side of this break and debate it more. But we, we can here, Darren. I'll say this. The Oilers have been coming a lot. They've been on this road longer than the Calgary Flames. So while I don't think the Calgary Flames were a flash in the pan, and all the credit goes to Daryl Sutter, as I said earlier, the Oilers have had... I won't say more playoff success, but I just feel like they're a little higher up that mountain than the Calgary Flames are. However, if they were to meet in the playoffs right now, I might take the Flames to win based solely on Jacob Markstrom and his uh, shutouts and their commitment to defensive play. I'm going to take Calgary as the best NHL team. If they were to play in the playoffs, what's your answer to that poll question? I'm going to take the Edmonton Oilers as the best team in Alberta. And here's why. I mean, you start at the top, McDavid and Dreisaitl. you got the two best players in that series. you got the best player in the world, and, and Dreisaitl's a great compliment. He's one of the top players in the world as well. Goaltending is the Achilles heel. You know, Stuart Skinner might be the next one, and I know you can't blame him for last night's loss. Um, that was a tough one. Deflections, bad breakaways. Um, really wasn't on Stuart Skinner. But I like what they've done, you know, Warren Fogle down the middle, um, adding Derek Ryan. They've added some depth with Zach Hyman. On the back end, they've added depth too, you know, with Duncan Keith and Cody Cece, who Clark just cringes when I say the name Cody Cece because Leaf fans just think he's the worst defenseman of all time. Oh, but he's playing no. very well, and he's a, good, he's a good player. So, you know, I take the Oilers. Interesting. Well, we'll kick that around when we come back. Plus, we'll get into the CFL Discussion on a very big week in the Canadian Football League and NFL. You've got your top five, so I'm very interested to see that. This has been the warm-up for E. Cole Electric, and we'll be right back. We're preempted for the rest of the week today and the next couple days on Game Plus TV, so tell your friends to come on down to YouTube where we got the smoke. And we'll be right back after this break. You're also listening live at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. All right, welcome back, everybody. RP Show continues. Uh, me in South Florida and the Moose in Saskatoon at the Great Western Brewery as they provide our Canadian Olympic curling trials coverage all week long. Um, there are, I just cracked open the viewer comments, Moose, so I'm going to get to a few here before I bring you back in with your points. Uh, Ryan H. watching on YouTube says, I'm trying to figure out what I'm more jealous of, Rod, that you get to talk sports for a living or that you get to do it under the Florida sunshine. Um, jealousy is one of the seven deadly sins, Ryan. Don't be jealous of anything. But I'm certainly not complaining about it at all either. J.J. Voss writes in, says, looking good. Looking forward to some rider talk. J.J., coming up. Asking you shall receive. 
And regarding your vote, Darren, of the Oilers being the best team in Alberta over the Calgary Flames, Chad Bieber watching says, Dupes, they had Dreisaitl and McDavid last year. How'd that turn out? How about that? How about that? I knew, I knew this would happen. And I'm going to move on to the CFL here. Other than to say the Flames missed the playoffs last year. I'll handle that one for you, Moose. Um, as we continue Thank the you. quick six show topics, here we, we move into the CFL. Uh, CFL semifinal Sunday. It's a doubleheader. The viewers yesterday were asking, Rod, are you going to be watching any of the CFL playoff games? Yeah, I'm going to watch six hours of it on Sunday. One game's on ESPN News. Another's on, I think, ESPN 2. Doesn't matter. I've been watching the curling trials all morning. And I also watched SportsCenter. And in the case of the Montreal-Hamilton game, you must have seen this, and I assume you watch SportsCenter as well. They asked the coach of the Tiger Cats, Orlando Steinauer, and their MVP, Simone Lawrence, their take on the comments from the Alouettes player, Patrick Levels, guaranteeing a win Sunday in the Eastern semifinal. He guaranteed a Montreal win. Orlando, and I've known him a very long time, like over 20 years, he looked incredibly uncomfortable. Did you see the clip? Like, he didn't even want to answer it. He's like, why are we talking about this? Next question. It's like, what's he supposed to say? Guarantee a loss? Like, so Patrick right. Rebels comes out and starts mouthing off and guaranteeing a win. So what? So what? Like, what? What was your take on that situation right there? Yeah, and that's the reaction. I mean, if I'm the coach and I'm in, you know, the press conference and you ask me, okay, Patrick Levels is guaranteed to win. What's your reaction? My reaction is they can say what they want to say. I'm pre- going to prepare my team for the weekend. You know, that's all you're going to get out of it. Not saying, you know, well, he shouldn't be saying this. We actually guarantee a win. We'll see him on the field, blah, 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 blah. You're not going to get that juicy little comment. What's he supposed to say? And Orlando Steinauer is a pro, so, yeah, I can see why, you know, just move on. And But we'll see where probably, it goes there. But, no, you're not going to get anything out of the Ticats. Probably would have been a good uh, poll question. Was it a stupid thing for Patrick Levels to open his mouth and say this? Because my vote would probably be yes. Now, I've mentioned this on the air before. I'm going to mention it again. Man time flies, but I'm thinking it was 2014 season. You remember this, when the president of the BC Lions, Dennis Skolski, guaranteed a victory for over the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. The BC Lions president guaranteed a victory over Saskatchewan. We all, of course, shoved the microphone in the rider coach's face, Corey Chamberlain. Oh, how do you feel about this? Oh, no big deal. Did he say it? Did he, did he say it? I didn't see that. No big deal at all. Riders go in and kick their ass in BC Play Stadium after the game. I walk into the writer's locker room and every stall had photocopied from the Vancouver province. Lions president Skulski guarantees highlighted everyone came photocopied it all taped it in everybody's stall. Oh, we don't care. Did he say it? Did he say it? So, which is fine. But when those fans got upset yesterday saying, Oh Rod, why didn't you watch the Elks news conference? Because I don't believe in what they're saying. I don't don't put any stock in what they say in the media. And I've given up trying to convince people that you can't go by what you see in the media. But there's an example. I don't know if Orlando Steinauer is going to photocopy that and put it up on the stalls. I'm sure everybody's aware of it. But um, that was a fun time in rider history right there. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. I mean, but that's, that's the way it is. Like, I don't doubt that Orlando Steinauer is sitting there being like, did you see what he did? Are you going to let them walk in to your building and blah, 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 like, so it, it, it absolutely can serve as motivation, but it can serve as motivation for the Montreal Alouettes too. And he, you know, 
you know, guarantees the win, then he can go to his locker room and, and say, look it, now we got to go and we got to back it up. So hopefully it adds more fuel to this game in both locker rooms and we end up with a really good game. Well, thankfully he said it from a, from a marketing hype perspective, because if you want to sit back yeah. and look at the game notes and the season series and the numbers, you can, but that doesn't sell tickets like this does. Chris right. Bird watching in King City, Ontario, writes in and he says, levels coming out with that guarantee is a curse. Gives the other side more motivation. I'm 50-50 on that. And certainly we could spend a lot of time on that discussion. Uh, Mark Messier, famous guarantee, delivered, scored a hattie against the Devils in game seven. There's that. Uh, Babe Ruth calling his shot. And then he did. Yep. Joe Namath guaranteed a win and delivered. So, no, I don't necessarily believe that it's a curse. But I don't think it's necessarily smart either. <laughs> uh, JJ. Voss writes and he says, I think it's great for the league. The players trash talking and heating up the rivalry is great. I don't think the coaches should get involved in that, but it'll get more eyeballs on the screen. And that part's true. I mean, let's be honest. We're now sitting here on Wednesday and let's talk about that Western semifinal. Calgary Stampeders at Saskatchewan Rough Riders voted Canada's game of the week by our viewers of the Rod Peterson show. Where is the hype? You now people are sending me screenshots of the Ticketmaster mosaic stadium there's like i got all these tickets available i'm like i don't know i don't care i'll be watching the game on espn to go have fun but i read yeah. the stats the cfl sent me as they always do the the league-wide stats and if you care darren and i'm sure you do the calgary's off a uh, defense is so slightly better than the riders it's like by five yards average Per game, Calgary's that much. Five yards given up or not given wow. up, depending on how you look at it. That's how much, how even their defenses are. And offensively, Calgary's offense is actually quite a bit better than the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and getting better. And they're the hottest team in the league, winners of six of the last seven. Uh, so there is no hype. And Bo Levi hasn't said anything, which is fine. But it's very hard to pick a winner in this football game on Sunday. And obviously, the, the bet regal odds makers would agree, Riders 1.5 point favorites. Uh, I don't know if you've looked at yeah. the matchup at all, but it's, it's about as close to a pick as you're going to get. Well, it really is. It's, it's so close. I mean, flip a coin. And I think what bet regal has done too with the odds makers is that home field, you know, you say three and a half points, but maybe that's all they've decided is that this game's at home and that's going to be enough of a factor that home crowd in Saskatchewan, when they're going, especially in the fall, is good for a, about a point a game or a couple of points a game, like a touchdown or a field goal. It's good for something. And it's always good for a couple of penalties too, right? So maybe that's just what tipped the scales in the favor of the, of the odds makers. But you're right. It, it's a pick em game. Flip a coin. When you wake up in the morning, go with what gut instinct you're feeling. Do you think Calgary's going to win today? Are you feeling nervous if you're a Ryder fan? Or do you think the Riders are going to win? Go with your gut because this is as close to a pick as you're going to get this week in the CFL. So we have hit on something here. Wayne in Victoria, BC says, I say a team shouldn't need extra motivation for a playoff game, but it's a stupid thing to do. I just think it's a dumb thing to do. And I get it. Don Matthews, who was the winningest coach all time in the CFL, 
often said, if you need motivation, if you need bulletin board material to get you up for a game, you're cheating me in all the other games. And that's probably true, but it's human nature. I mean, you and I have yeah. talked about this in the past. We've been doubted with this show. It's what gets us up in the morning to shove it down everybody's throat. And furthermore, Clark Gillies, who's going to be on with us an hour too, Big Jethro. This was the book on him, Darren. I mean, he played long before your time, but when he was a Regina Pat in the 70s and an Islander in the 70s and 80s, this was the book on him. Just let him sleep. Don't take a run at him. Don't wake him up. Because the second you do, it's over. Do you know what I mean? So that's, was Clark Gillies cheating you the other game? No. But sometimes it just, let him sleep. <laughs> you know? And Patrick mm -hmm. Levels is not letting the Tiger Cats sleep. He's woken him up. You know, so there's, there's the take on it. Was it a dumb thing to do? I think it probably was a dumb thing to do. Uh, Chad Bieber says, yeah, what's the over-under? Just... Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Well, no, it's, you're right. Sometimes you just want to let him sleep, you know, and just, you know, not sometimes you want, you, you know, if he felt that his locker room needed a little push, then maybe he woke up his locker room. And you know what? He'll take the chances of waking up Hamilton's locker room. So maybe that's what was needed, too. We don't know. Ryan McCarthy watching in Saratoga, New York, says, Ugh, please don't remind me of that guarantee in 1994. It still stings. Mark Messier's potentially most famous quote and maybe the most famous guarantee of all time was that we will win it's front cover of the new york post and he went in there and scored three and they won um from jim wagner writing in on the 902 text line say go ahead go ahead that was against new jersey right yep against yep. broder conference semifinal or conference finals right so just conference to give final. you an idea now i was a little kid at the time and I remember watching this at my Nana's house. I can see the flowered little orange chair, you know, right by the TV that I was sitting and spinning around. That 1994 series and the little wraparound, was it Adam Graves on the wraparound between the legs of Martin oh, Broder? Yeah. That's my first memory of watching hockey. So Mark Messier, and I, and I don't know if it was Messier, you know, guaranteeing the win, and then I tuned in. But whatever it was got me watching and set off my whole life of being a hockey fan. So that's my first recollection of ever watching and following hockey. So that stuff works. Oh, yeah. Uh, interesting. So you'd have been seven years old because you were born in 87. Okay, that's right. viewers, what was your earliest recollection of watching hockey? And if you want to throw in any other sport, you're more than welcome to. Mine, Ken Dryden, Hockey Night in Canada, Montreal Canadiens in the farmhouse living room with my dad, mom, dad, and brothers. And the target mask of Ken Dryden, first goalie I ever loved. Uh, anyways, the text line is open, 902-518-3033. Jim Wagner writes in and he says, uh, good morning, RP crew. Spicy show today. Spicy. Like a beauty taco time burrito. Like a beauty taco time burrito. Thanks, guys. Take care. From Jim Wagner. Uh, Bill Durrell in Cochrane, Alberta. Writes then he says, successful CFL franchises embrace their communities. Edmonton's previous to the fired management displayed that attitude for decades. Chris Jones is only about Chris Jones. He'll look out for himself above all else. You're not going to get an argument from me on that. But I also know, actually, I'll ask this, Darren. I'll ask you, who was the head coach of the last Edmonton Great Cup champion team? Can you tell me? Chris Jones. 
And you know what? Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? When it comes to that, you're not paying him to worry about the organization. You're just paying him to worry about winning football games. So unless you're going to make him the president of the team as well, you know, and give him that responsibility, I think you just bring him in to win football games. Absolutely. For the viewers, when I ask, what's your earliest recollection of watching hockey? There's some interesting comments have come in from Patrolman Pete in Winnipeg. Is his earliest recollection of true fandom? Crushing disappointment when the Oilers beat the Flyers in the 87 Stanley Cup Finals. Ryan in New York, Game 6, Eastern Conference Final. Then Stefan Matteau broke my heart two days later. Oh, that's not his earliest memory then. Uh, from Puck and Pigskin podcast and Red Deer, my earliest recollection of watching hockey was the 86 Stanley Cup. Watching the Flames versus the Habs. From, John, uh, from Antoine Gwinnett, he says, earliest recollection of hockey, Matt Hubber being my favorite hockey player. Who could forget? Matt Hubba, Hubba, Hubber of the Regina Pats. Winnipeg kid, last seen playing for the Columbus Cottonmouths. How about that? And from John Ohm, he says, Guy Lafleur was one of my earliest memories on Hockey Night in Canada. How cool is that? And uh, Guy Lafleur just read a story on him battling lung cancer right now, but uh, surviving, and the fight goes on. Moose, we'll see you back in hour two. What say you? See you then. We're going to talk a little Blue Jays baseball with Mike Wilner. When we return, you're watching the RP Show live from South Florida and the Great Western Brewery. That's where Darren is. We're on YouTube live only today and listen live at 24 Hours uh, Sports Radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now back to the studio with Rod. Welcome back, everybody. Our P show continues. It is episode number 618 of Canada's daytime sports talk show. Want to remind you, brought to you in part this week by Delta Hotels by Marriott, Saskatoon, downtown. Well, we got curling going on. We, of course, got hockey going on, CFL playoffs. But... You have to notice there's a lot of things going on in Major League Baseball, free agency, GM's meetings, and so forth. Mike Wilner joins us, longtime host of Jay's Talk, now columnist podcast with the Toronto Star. Mike, good to chat with you again, sir. And uh, if you don't mind, we wake up today with the news, or at least in the last 24 hours, that Stephen Matz is a St. Louis Cardinal. He's the guy that Buck Martinez said on this show would be his number one target to re-sign if you're the Blue Jays. Um, your thoughts on that move and how it affects Toronto? Well, I mean, with with great respect, he would not have been my number one target to re-sign if I were the Blue Jays. I mean, Stephen Matz was the fifth starter for this team who had a, a rough couple of first months and then uh, really turned it on in, in July and August and was phenomenal post-All-Star break. And yeah, they absolutely wouldn't have gotten to where they were without uh, the, the second half Stephen Matz. But Stephen Matz is a guy who had an ERA over nine in 2020 and, and uh, didn't uh, you know, whatever you can think of pitcher wins, didn't have one. Um, and and he is 
has a chance to have used this year as a jumping off point and be very good. But I would have been very, very uh, reticent to to give him a four year commitment at at that kind of money. So, um, yeah, he he was lovely for the Blue Jays and had a lovely year. But there are a lot of Stephen Matzes out there. Yeah, well, there's not a lot of Robbie Rays out there. And, of course, he won the Cy Young last a week ago today, turned down that qualifying offer from the Blue Jays. And what I heard a week ago, and I want your take on this, is that the Blue Jays will be in on everybody in free agency here this offseason. Do you believe that? And they're obviously going to be in on Robbie Ray, but do you think they have enough money to sign him? Oh, they've got enough money to sign anybody they want. I mean, that that's not an issue at all for for this team. And, and they've shown in the last two years that they're willing to spend big money and big term. And even, you know, last week when they gave Jose Barrios $131 million over seven years uh, to, to stick around. So, yeah, and, and they've still got plenty of money. Um, so if Robbie Ray wants to be back in Toronto, he will be back in Toronto. But, you know, there could be a team that blows a Blue Jays offer out of the water, as I'm sure St. Louis did, uh, to not just the Jays offer, but everybody else's offer. Apparently there were eight teams that Matt was deciding between as recently as last night. So I'm sure Ray has that many suitors, if not more. Robbie Ray, uh, obviously coming off the Cy Young, but in general has much better stuff and a much better upside, uh, though he's has his, had his problems in the past as well. He may be beyond them. I mean, we uh, I talked to him and to others uh, about comparisons to Randy Johnson, other than the, the foot difference in height between the two of them. The stuff is very similar, and the progression through the major leagues until the age of 30 is also very similar. So, um yeah, I, I'm I'm sure that the Blue Jays are, are interested in having Robbie Ray back. They're interested in having Marcus Semien back. Probably won't be able to get both of them. And again, we have to remember uh, that the free agency process is entirely up to the player. So it, it really doesn't matter what the Blue Jays do if Robbie Ray or Marcus Semien want to wind up somewhere else. Well, can you talk about the shift in philosophy i guess because it's the same ownership mike but it's new management in, in the shapiro atkins regime which isn't new but with alex anthopoulos and the banners that went up in that building in rogers center in 15 16 with they didn't have the money that these guys have now what did you think with alex uh, toting the world series trophy over his head this year with uh, with atlanta did you think what might have been if the blue jays let a guy get away or or does it even matter anymore and they can win with what they're doing now well, I think they can win with what they're doing now. And, and I think that they did have this kind of money when Alex was the general manager. I mean, the payroll, I believe, was higher in 2015 than it was this year. Um, I think that that, you know, the, the big shift in philosophy is the long-term contract. And that was something, uh, that was a Paul Beeston rule. Paul Beeston was president of the Blue Jays for a very long time, and, and they had their greatest successes under him. And one of Paul Beeston's rules was you don't give a pitcher more than three years guaranteed and you don't give anybody more than five years guaranteed. And the Blue Jays have broken that rule uh, three winters in a row, right? Giving Hyunjin Ryu four years, uh, giving George Springer six and giving Jose Barrio seven. So that's that's your change in philosophy there. And hopefully the payroll will rise accordingly to get back to where it was and even beyond where it was in the Alex Anthopoulos days. Uh, but if you want to turn the clock back um, six years, 
yeah, I I think Alex Anthopoulos was the right guy at the time to become the you know, take over for Beeston and be the Blue Jays president and hired Tony LaCava or Andrew Tinnish or whoever, uh, Perry Manassian underneath him to work as a general manager. And I think that the Blue Jays uh, could have had um, a great deal of sustained success under Alex Anthopoulos. Now the, the core at the time was aging and there would have had to have been some sort of tear down and and to Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins's credit, the tear down that they did only lasted one terrible year. It was 2019 when they lost 95 games, and right now they're in position to be one of the better teams in the major leagues, um, just like they were in 15 and 16 and in the early 90s. So um, Shapiro and Atkins came with a plan. They've executed the plan, and to this point, it's it's worked. I, I think at a greater pace than they imagined it would. Outstanding. Well, making the playoffs in a COVID shortened year and going down to the final day this year. And I just wonder if George Springer had been able to play more Mike in 2021, would it, I know it would have registered more wins and they would have been at least a wild card game, maybe higher. How do you typify or describe this first season uh, or George Springer with the Toronto Blue Jays? I mean, I did um, I did Blue Jays report cards at the end of the season, and I think I gave him an incomplete because he barely played half a season. <laughs> I don't think he played half a season, yeah. uh, but but the half season that he played was outstanding. You know, he he put up some phenomenal numbers. I think he I don't have the numbers in front of me. I think he hit twenty home runs, twenty something home runs in less than half a season. He had an OPS over nine hundred. Uh, he played a very good center field. So, you know, when he was on the field, it was a success. He just wasn't on the field enough. And that's that's the issue. And, of course, had George Springer been able to play more, the Blue Jays would have uh, won another game or two. And, you know, but you can go back and pick all kinds of things. If they had gotten Adam Simber a month earlier, if um, if they had called up Alec Manoa a month earlier, um all sorts of things that, that get you that one win. But the thing is, with the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Mariners, there's also the story of all these things could have happened that would have gotten these teams one more win. So, um, you know, you play the way you play, and, and the season unfolds the way it unfolds. And the Blue Jays were the best fourth-place team in baseball history this year. And unfortunately for them, they, you know, played the second most difficult schedule in all of baseball and uh, and fell one game short, but off a team that, again, lost 95 the last time there was a 162-game season. It was a dramatic and drastic improvement and, uh, and a phenomenal finish for them. Well, Mike, that's what makes you so good. You're the first one that I've heard say the best fourth-place team in MLB history, and I think you're right, and you're also right about every team thinks about the games that got away. Yeah, no doubt. Mike, we got a roll, but I appreciate the time here, man. And uh, hopefully we can do it once the uh, pitchers and catchers report. Hopefully the pitchers and catchers report before April. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Uh, Mike Wilner joining us. Blue Jays podcaster columnist from the Toronto Star. Taco time. Viewer takeover is coming up. Clark Gillies coming up an hour two. You're watching the RP Show on YouTube Live, Game Plus Television Network, and 24-Hour Sports Radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now.
send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now, back to your host, Rod Peterson. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Not a lot of time here uh, in this segment for Taco Time Viewer Takeover. By the way, Taco Time's signature hot sauce is made in-house daily. And here's one thing I love about Taco Time. And we got to talk more with Moose about this next hour. But every time I go, they ask, how many sauces would you like, sir? I'm like, uh, five. Don't even bat an eye. Here you go. Load them up. Although I liked it before when they gave you just the container. It was like a half a container. But they never question how much hot sauce you want. And that's a taco time thing. Uh, news this morning. If I had my bell, I'd ring it. Quarterback Zach Caleros of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers has plenty of familiar company. On the West Division CFL All-Star team, Caleros was among 15 Blue Bombers named to the squad today. Conducted by members of the Football Reporters of Canada and the nine CFL head coaches. Joining Caleros on the West Division offense are Winnipeg receivers Kenny Lawler, Nick Dembski, guards Drew Desjardins and Patrick Newfield, and tackles Stanley Bryant and Jermarcus Hardrick. So basically the entire Winnipeg Blue Bombers offensive line. How about that? How about Calgary Stampeders have seven players on Calgary Stampeders has seven players on the squad, including Australian-born punter Cody Grace. Linebacker Simone Lawrence topped the list of 10 Hamilton Tiger Cats named to the East Division squad. First place, Toronto Argonauts had seven players named. The offensive selections were quarterback McLeod Bethel-Thompson, receiver Curley Gittens Jr., and center Peter Nicastro. A busy night for Canadian NHL teams. The Habs were in Washington, taking on the Capitals. The Canucks face the Penguins in Pittsburgh, and the Jets battle the Blue Jackets in Columbus. Later on, the Orders visit the Coyotes. Kings entertain the Leafs. Sharks host the Sins. 14 NHL games tonight. Raptors continue their six-game road trip when they visit the Grizzlies. Toronto coming off a 119-104 loss to the Warriors on Sunday, while the Grizzlies edge the Jazz 119-118 on Monday. This sports update is for Ballers Rec Room. Last minute, last minute of play in hour one. For Ballers Rec Room, book your group or business Christmas party now. For the Tap Brew House and Drive Through Liquor Store and for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. Asking our viewers, what was the, your first recollection of watching hockey? Moose said earlier his was the 94 Stanley Cup playoffs Eastern Final. Jeff Caldwell watching in Oregon says the 1986 Stanley Cup Finals and Lanny McDonald's mustache. Bill watching in Cochrane, Alberta says the thing that hooked me into hockey was watching Jacques Plante and Bernie Perrant. Backstop a fairly average 72 Leafs team. Many amazing saves from DG in Saskatoon. Says, morning, guys. Stefan Matteau scored the goal that Darren's talking about. We'll keep that rolling into hour two. What's your earliest recollection of watching hockey? We'd love to know. Moose will be with us after this break. And Clark Gilly, stick around. You're watching the RP Show on YouTube Live. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.